You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Shubhang. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Christopher Clark on digital adaption. Chris has around 13 years of experience in biotech industry, working in product management, project management, software development, data analytics, and organizational behavior. He has worked with companies like Janine Tech, Allergan, and Baxter, and he considers himself as a full-time techie professional and a part-time futurist, economist, and a studier of human behavior. Whether it's mastering his personal chemistry-laden cocktail menu, cooking skills, video production, or any pub game, he has a passion for continual learning in anything and everything. Christopher, I'm super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. Super excited to talk too. Awesome, Chris. So let's get on to the whole, I'd say, discussion about you and your knowledge about all the digital adaption and stuff. So I'd like to get started with this thing, Chris, because I've always looked into people like you to understand how digital adaption happens and what is it all about. So what is digital adaption anyway? And tell me about your journey till date and how you landed in this digital adaption space. Yeah, I mean, digital adoption, it's a, a buzzwordy thing going around. It's not yet super popular, but I think is going to be a very, um, very common place in, in the workplace in the future. But what to get to or to understand what digital adoption is, you got to understand where I came from. I have been in systems management and program management and data analytics for a long time and in the biotech industry. But what I had always done when we were developing systems, when we were building these super complex and cool things out and releasing them to the public, you could build the best system in the entire world, but you don't necessarily get people to use it. It, That's the hard part. And when I think about what I was going through back when I was first uh, in the older days of my career, we would do crazy things to get people to use a system. So things like flying people around the globe to meet them in person and either train them on a system or tell them how to use one. And that is not the most effective or even cost-effective way of doing things. And, you know, we've also done other things like releasing marketing campaigns or advertising campaigns. Again, not necessarily the greatest way of getting someone to understand how to use the system and get them up to speed as quickly as possible. So that's where this whole problem-solving part of me comes into play, where I was like, gosh, there's got to be a better solution for this. There's got to be a better way. And so I went looking for different solutions to help me out with this problem. And that's where I landed in this digital adoption space, where where I think of it is I think of digital adoption like 
superpowers or super superhumans. And so, you know, if you if you watch any of the comic book movies out there, there's always superheroes out there. And they have they're normally normal people, but they have this added extra superpower to them. So like, you know, laser eyes or super strength or things like that. And and that's what makes them super. So digital adoption is kind of like taking a normal system and adding a superpower to it. So we can add an additional layer mm-hmm. on top of any system out there, any web application, and it adds this superpower to it. And we can do hundreds of different things to that application that it normally wouldn't be able to do. Things like give kind of like GPS turn-by-turn style directions on how to point users around in a system, show them clips, videos, animations, things that are engaging that bring the user into the system and keep them there for as long as possible. And also to give them the best type of delightful user experience as possible. And that's where digital adoption kind of it lands for me and and where my journey on getting to this place and this is where at my current company you know it's an entire division where we are growing this internally and externally and it's a pretty fun place to be right now awesome and i think this is interesting and what i actually inspired you to get into this uh, role because I mean, there's, there's a lot happening in this, in this in the market right now. So there has to be a reason when you feel that, okay, this is something you can you can actually do better compared to others. So what was the actual inspiration you had? Yeah, well, it was kind of random. You know, I had been working in biotech for my pretty much my entire career, but I actually have a marketing degree. And I I wanted and have always been interested in how human behavior interacts with things, anything really. And and so that's where this kind of interest level brought me was I have always seen this problem where we are doing kind of older methodologies in the business setting and people aren't necessarily always changing with within like an internal business. And that's where this is interests me because here is where we can actually introduce real change, where we can show people a different way of doing things. And that's really where my passion lies. That's amazing. I think what you said is right. Like you got to kind of make sure that there is everything. I mean, there's so much of flexibility in what you're trying to provide your customer to gain that, that kind of, I'd say, to provide that kind of an experience. That's inspiring and that's actually a game-changing ideas and what are you trying to bring into the market. So coming to the next question, Chris, so how does digital adoption change the effectiveness of go-to-market personnel and the leaders? So like, how does it kind of help them in terms of what they do? Yeah, so great question because I was recognizing that our, our sales personnel or go-to-market personnel were spending vast amounts of times doing things that I don't necessarily think are value add. So when you are, you know, they were doing certain things like learning about a a system or a tool and spending tons of times on their job learning about how to do that thing in a given tool. But then the problem is, is then they'd immediately have to switch to some new tool, some new thing that was out there. 
And you just get terrible retention rates when we use older methodologies like in-person training about systems or even like type of e-learnings where you have to like swivel screen to a different screen to learn about the system that you're trying to use. And if you look at like those retention rates, like a lecture, you only have about a 5% tension retention rate. Reading is 10%. Audiovisual is 20%. But the when you actually get real retention rates is when you're practicing doing something and and when you're talking about system understanding, you really need to actually do the thing that you are trying to do. So introducing do- digital adoption to any of these spaces completely game changes how our sales effectiveness works because then they are not spending disproportionate amounts of times doing things that they shouldn't or that the that are just about learning how to use a tool instead of doing the things that are value add things in a sales profession, which is actually, you know, getting their our customers on board with our product. That's right. Yeah. You really just takes away the amount of time, reduces it significantly to a point where, you know, it's no longer much of a, an effort. Totally agree. Because of like the whole world is changing on a on a on a rapid speed today and can't I think of any, I mean, any other example that, that could tell you that, okay, with the kind of changes that are happening around, I think a lot of digital adaption is required in today's world so that not, not just the customer experience, but also the kind of the back, backend experience in terms of how do we understand the product is performing and what are the effects of it. So that's definitely, that's definitely great. And Chris, I was actually thinking about this. You mentioned that earlier, the sales process, or it be like any process in terms of giving a demo, required a person to travel to different locations to give a demo and to kind of make the customer or a prospect understand how it functions. But right now, we are in a situation that, you know, it's like almost towards the post-pandemic, I could say, or we are in the towards the end of pandemic. And what do you think was, I mean, how did pandemic affect you guys? And did it change any landscape of how we perform or how we work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously everyone's going through the same thing, but complete game changer. I mean, every sales personnel is now grounded. And how do you, how do you then showcase how your product is amazing and effective or not even that, but also like, how do you train up brand new sales personnel? I mean, for instance, at ServiceNow, I mean, we are just on a hyper rapid growth phase and our the amount of new people in the company is exponential. I mean, it's doubled since I've since I even started working here. So everyone is new and everyone's coming on board all at once. And but it's all have been has been during the pandemic. So how do you get those people as effective and as quickly as possible in a completely remote setting? And that's where digital adoption has really played a critical role, I think, because now our personnel is able to become effective and learn up on a given tool, especially if they're a brand new person in the company, in a matter and a fraction of the time that they used to have. And we don't have to spend all of the time and effort and money getting those people all into one place to try to showcase, you know, try to get them up to speed. Right, right. That's true. I mean, yeah, 
that is what we are, we are experiencing because i'm i'm as i mentioned i am from a sales function i i belong to a sales function and i can understand how challenging it would be for leaders like you to kind of make it all digitally viable so that none of the functions or none of the processes get affected and so what i mean the next next question is going to be around that because i know for a fact that we face a lot of challenges internally and so i'd like to understand what challenges do you usually face while getting an organization to adapt towards digital because you you've been the head of it so i'd like to understand certain challenges that you usually face yeah absolutely so for some reason the world of like enabling sales or or getting our people as effective as possible has somehow in my opinion gotten mixed up in the communications and training realm of of systems and and comms sometimes you know the challenges that i often face are these entrenched belief systems that you we have to continue doing the things that we've always done because that's the way that we've always done them and you know obviously we're always talking about change and introducing change but i keep hearing the words like hey if it isn't broke don't fix it but you know if if i think of those things i i never if that were to be the true case then we'd never make any improvements i mean we'd all still be using blackberries or tesla <laughs> wouldn't be a thing there is always room for improvement and there's always room for change and i think that that's where the challenges has always been is where we have entire teams dedicated to onboarding and to getting our our personnel up to speed but that's mixed in with systems training and i feel like those things really should be catering to what i think is great for in person learning and behavior which is like the inspirational aspect of it you know getting people revved up and ready to go that is really hard to do in a in a digital way and i i leave that up to the those in person style you know in in person style behaviors but but then it's easy to then transition over to the digital realm of digital adoption when we're talking about like all of the other things that they shouldn't necessarily need to do in person correct yeah it's it's totally hard to kind of control or it's not the control but it's a manage the whole thing whole thing digitally right now and i mean i wouldn't say hard it's both i mean there are pros and cons it's actually easier for you to kind of keep a track of everything that's happening around in the company but as well as like it's pretty hard to kind of manage the whole as a infrastructure to make sure that everything is more effectively being utilized i mean that's impressive to understand how you guys like trying to make sure that all the challenges are being addressed and at the same time how to increase more efficiency so that the organizations keep changing or keep adapting towards a more efficient way and keep right i'd say getting more sort of as a return on investment stuff and i think that's that's really really interesting chris and probably towards the end because you currently right now the head of digital adaptions at service now what i mean could you kind of share any innovative ideas you have implemented over there and what is the kind of response you received yeah i mean it's an interesting question because I always think of myself almost as like a entrepreneur within a company. <laughs> and I'm thinking of like what we're building in digital adoption and I always get inspiration from all of these random external sources. So I think of the world 
as how an advertiser would think of their world and not necessarily as like an internal business person. So an advertiser is trying to invoke with their audience like a feeling or an idea or make them laugh or make them remember. And it's always visual, it's engaging, they make it fun. And that's what I really try to bring to the table with any of these type of on-screen experiences that our employees and our external customers have to see. So when they're interacting with this content, it's not this kind of dry, businessy style content. It's the, it's more, it has a personality and we actually anthropomorphize it. So we kind of give like a character, a personality that you're interacting with so that it's not, it's not just words or, or things that you see on a screen. It actually has some meaning to it. And we've gotten much more engagement out of that. When people think that what they're interacting with is, is fun, it actually makes them remember it a lot more. And, and what <laughs> I was talking to a colleague of mine at work of what we're kind of always introducing, and this is probably an old reference but <laughs> of a comedy show, but it was always adding more cowbell. <laughs> meaning is an old Saturday Night Live skit for those of you that know, but adding more and more to make people more engaged and get them to actually enjoy the experience that they have on screen and not just have this businessy style experience. Well, that's a very good idea because, yeah, I mean, you're remote when you're kind of working all alone. So it's all about keeping the person who's actually kind of looking into a content or looking into some sort of a, let's say, presentation or something attracted or let's say engaged. So I think that that's very, very important for you guys to kind of make sure that that happens. And probably, yeah, you're, you're doing a great job at service now. And uh, with all those ideas that you are bringing to the picture, or say, into the whole scenario or environment right now, it's going to be a definitely game changer. And no doubt about that. So before we come to the end of the show, uh, Chris, these are the questions that I normally ask all the guests. So is there any book, blog, or website, or a newsletter that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah. You know, I don't know if this has already been suggested on the show before, but super awesome book that I always look into is called Creativity Inc. It's by Ed Catmull, who was the kind of the founder of mm -hmm. Pixar, and he's got great insights into not just like how to invoke creativity, but also to be a great leader and, and a great business person. So that's always a, a thing that I gear towards. You know, the other thing that might be like a very random <laughs> suggestion that I don't know if anyone suggests, but honestly, some of the best storytellers and the, some of the best people that give an alternative to perspective to how to like interact with content are the people that create video games. Right. I mean, if you've seen any of uh, the AAA level video games like Tomb Raider or Uncharted mm -hmm. or The Witcher, I mean, these people are phenomenal storytellers, but not only that, they know how to get a user to interact with the, the things that they've created without actually telling them, you know, blatantly, here's what to do. And I think that those things and those levels of creativity are 
beyond me, but it's some, some things I look for for inspiration. Awesome. And how about any person in your network that you recommend we bring on the show? Yeah. Well, I would definitely suggest, you know, my vice president on our digital innovation and transformation office is uh, Mika Mayo. Mm -hmm. She actually was the person that brought me on board to ServiceNow and has really been the inspiration of, there's only a, a select amount of people that I interact with that I know that just quote unquote, get it. And she just gets it. She just knows what needs to happen and can really foresee what the future is going to be for what we do in this digital innovation and transformation space. And it's definitely someone that I look up to. Awesome. Well, definitely, I'll, I'll try to get in touch with Miko to, to kind of <laughs> get her on the show. And yeah, that's, that's very important when you talk about the harmony between any two people in an organization, or I'd say the decision makers in an organization is very much required to come, come with an effective plan or I'd say an effective launch or something. So I think that, that's totally agreeable. And last, last question. So if at all anybody in your audience would like to connect with you, how would you suggest they could actually get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to connect with any of the listeners through my LinkedIn profile. You know, I'm open to any interaction and I love hearing how people are innovating in their own space. Awesome. And yep, I think we are, we are towards the end of the show. But Chris, honestly, I mean, there's a lot, lot more opportunity for us to keep in touch because you said you are a part-time futurist. So I'm also a part-time futurist, mm -hmm. so we can definitely be connected and discuss a lot about what's going to happen in the future. It was, it was a great, I really enjoyed having you on the show today, Chris. Any, any other quick thoughts towards the end of it? It was a pleasure being here and I look forward to listening to any of the future people on, on the show. Awesome. Awesome, Chris. Thanks again. Thanks for being on the show. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV.